Hey Sam. Hey Nathan. What's up? Uh, not much. Just hanging out uh, at your house right next to you. This will be the second one we've ever done recorded in person, I think? I think so, and I believe it's the only one that we will ever Air? publish. <laughs> yeah. The first one, I, I do believe I still have it. It was recorded when we were in Jamaica together a couple years ago. That's still crazy. sounds good. I feel like we could uh, at some point maybe release it. Yeah. We'll see. We've uh, been hanging out all day, finally catching up after um, a couple months of no recording. It's, yeah. it's kind of crazy, but it is now a beautifully hot, it's, but but yeah, nice yeah. and sunny day outside. So we're you may hear some listeners may hear some birds chirping in the background, some wasps flying by, some butterflies. Yeah, you may hear that. You may hear the butterflies. Um, you know, I know that this is a controversial opinion, but I'm of the I'm of the mind that if it's summer, it should be blindingly hot. It should just be hot. Well, we're if well on summer. our way. Every week has been getting hotter and hotter. So I just I don't get people that complain. It's like it's so hot. I'm like, well, it's summer, so <laughs> yeah, I know. it's hot. Uh, and uh, why not? You know, when it's you know when it's cold and it's snowing in the winter, you know. I don't, I don't complain that it's too cold. I say that it's cold. Maybe. Many many people do. Many know. people do. I'm with you, though. Uh, you need a couple weeks of just scorched earth. Yeah. To just fire, you know? Just ground you, bring you back to your roots as, and, as a child. Yeah, and those are the types of days, you know, grab a lemonade. Get out and just drink that lemonade. Go to the pool or something. I actually like to exercise when it's sort of hot out because... You just get beat down, and you're so sweaty, and you feel like you've done so much. You mm-hmm. just feel like you have, even if you haven't. Yeah. And I like it, because you don't have to work as hard to get to that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in the name of Laziness. Laziness. Yeah. It's true. Uh, but speaking of which, we did work out this morning, which yep. is great. We're back at it, trying to get into the Definitely sore. gym habit. And then... Uh, Swung over to my house and uh, played with a bunch of Magmod stuff. So yeah, tell me a little bit about how you came about getting it, getting all these. Yeah, I mean, things. what's funny is uh, just a couple days ago, Ness and I were looking through old YouTube videos that I had put up from actually when we lived together in the banana stand. Oh yeah, and they're embarrassingly bad. This was this was a time. Let's all close our eyes and, and try and imagine the eye. era of iPhone no video no video no no useful high quality video on no. iPhones no. didn't exist I had to I purchased a point and shoot camera specifically dedicated to take gear review like videos yeah and I was just awkwardly talking at the camera in the worst light literally came across like two two videos where I made it clear that I was wearing boxers in them by like, <laughs> standing up and walking away at one point <laughs> <laughs> production value not high but i did realize um i always tended to have like these little knickknacks these little flash modifier tools that were either really simple or or some really expensive just like gary fong you know rubber diffusers that you would throw on there or this other like two rectangulars that could pivot with a mirror on one side and a, and a soft diffuser on the other and all sorts of just fun stuff i like to talk about and play with and i had kind of lost touch with that side of um, flash photography. Yeah, dude, I remember the, the days of going on strobist every day. Oh, yeah. And just, like, pl- and just plowing through each one of the little, like, um, sort of, like, learning articles or whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, honestly, I learned a lot from that. Yep. Um, basically, most of what I know at this point is from strobist, yeah. like, when I think about it. 
I think most anything he recommended, I would uh, end up buying and, or at least trying. And uh, anywho, it's been getting away from me for a while. Mostly, pretty both of us, both of us, I think, are really well settled in the bounce flash, what off whatever object you have around you. Yeah, and just find a way to make it work. Dude, I, 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 <laughs> literally, not even a week, a week and a half ago. I was shooting an event where they were like, okay, we need like this big group photo. And it was in this very sort of crazily side-lit venue where there was like a lot of sun coming in from the sides, but there was not really much the, the main room. But I was shooting against a background, a backdrop of, of lots of light, so I needed a lot of fill light. And so I'm like, okay, well, this is no problem. I'll just bounce. And then I looked at the ceiling, and it was all black. So I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So I just shot it up to full power and I bounce flash and it worked like nice. and it's just like when you can feel really confident that you're going to get something usable um, it, it feels pretty good to just kind of walk into any situation knowing you can bounce and, and yeah feel good about there's it. always something you can bounce off of yeah and that almost always served as well uh, but there are some exceptions if, if yep. nothing else like just getting a little bored with having that yep. process and routine of kind of knowing what you're going to do uh, it can it can be a little boring. So anyway, I was excited to get this package from Magmod from a, a, a patron actually on my Patreon feed that uh, said he works for them and I guess they just have a budget allocated to send people cool equipment to get opinions and reviews. And so we opened most of it. Started uh, I just got a Profoto B10 a couple months ago earlier this year and uh, started with the mount for that connected to the, I think, newly released MagMod 24-inch Octobank. Uh, 24-inch is is a bit smaller than I'd prefer, but it's the only size they've made right now. And uh, It does does seem a little... It it looked a little small, but I mean, for for what it can do, it seems fine. Once we threw it on, it seemed fine. I completely agree. It it really has a nice quality of light to it. And I was surprised to play around with this uh, weird plastic diffuser. It wasn't cloth. It wasn't. It was like this semi-opaque, silvery, almost like plastic diffuser. That yeah, was. I'm not really sure what it is, other than just basically a, a yeah semi-opaque plastic diffuser. Yeah, very weird and beautiful. And that was uh, we did a series of pictures with that on, with nothing on, where it was just the octobank with just no no diffusion directly, and then um, with a regular white kind of cloth diffuser. Yep. And they all looked actually pretty pretty great. They all looked good. Well, the B10's a really nice light, too. Yeah, the B10 is, is a beast. Really, uh, with high-speed sync on that guy, like the refresh rate and the power, even at close to full power, was excellent. Yeah. And we were shooting in my living room, which has giant, huge windows on either side. So Very bright it's, in there. It's a lot of light to overpower. And uh, with high-speed high speed sync on the B10, it, it did just fine. Pretty great. And, and I thought the first thing I noticed and mentioned to you is the packaging, like the box the portable mm-hmm. box that's, or I don't know what you would call it. Or bag? Bag? bag. C- cylindrical, C- cylindrical, cylindrical bag. bag? Cylinder bag? Yeah. It's meant to be like the permanent solution to store and travel with the Octobank. And they designed it pretty well, uh, really I efficient. I think it's fine. Yeah, we had a little bit of struggle getting it in, but I think I think once you get a system down, you should be Yeah, you collapse the Octobank down. Oh, and we should also mention that almost everything that's attached to your flash is magnetically attached. Yeah, basically which is, everything. Which is yeah. such a welcome uh, improvement compared yeah, I to just, the yeah, Profoto stuff that you have to like... It's all Velcro. Yeah. Everything's it, Velcro or it's like wedged on in a weird tent pole system. Which, like, to collapse the, the thing back down, you have to yep. undo the tent 
pull things and that just sucks because it takes a lot of muscle and flexing to get it yep. uh, un- unlatched and get it relatched. So this just has like a plastic interior latch that you push forward to click open the entire spread of the Octobank and then you just undo these little two latches and it flops down and it completely collapses and then slides into this nice cylindrical bag. And because there's a hole right down the middle of the light modifier, they actually kind of bored out uh, with an additional portion of the bag, uh, like a tube that you can slide like storage tools like the modifiers or i'd imagine like a small yeah. stand or something could slide in there so yeah the plastic the sorry, the plastic co- plastic covering and the softbox covering you can just like roll it up into like a long um you know tube and just like toss it right in there and, and you get to take advantage of storing something like the size of a light stand or something the entire length yep. of the bag instead of just like setting it inside the octobank or something weird like that anyway it's really cool and then it has two sides kind of reminds me remember like the nike case from back to the future part two yeah yeah with like the two sides it kind of reminds me of one of those it does kind of where it like clip clicks anyway um the other side of it if you reverse the bag uh opposite of where you put the octobank in it's got little pockets like sorted pockets i think there's six where you can just Keep little yep. knickknacks like gels or power cables and stuff organized. So it's a really well thought out bag, uh, which I'm excited about. And I don't know, it sounded like you may buy one. Yeah, I'm sold honestly on it. I, but that's partially because I, my current setup is just. Are you using Paul really, uh Yeah, I think so. It's it's basically umbrella. just like a giant umbrella. Yeah, it looks fine, but it's really just that's it. It looks fine. It doesn't look amazing. And the Manfrotto, the way that, or sorry, the um, wait, what's it called? Einstein's. No, the one, oh, the one I have. Magmods. Magmods. Yeah. Uh, the Magmod. With the Profoto light. With the Profoto, Profoto light, sure. But, you know, I've been using, like, Nikon strobes for my, like, you know, headshots and some, you know, portraits and things like that. And it's fine, but, again, that's that's all that it is. So that's the thing fine. about Magmod. I didn't look on their website to see the variety of connectors. I told them I have a B10, so they sent me the proper adapter for that. Right. But they also sent... I assume they have adapters for other flash systems, um, including they sent like a dual flash mount, but it was for rectangular shaped speed lights. Oh, uh, okay. Um, that you and I couldn't figure out a way to use them with my Profoto A1s, which have a circular head. Yeah, I wonder so, what their solution is going to be. They're probably just going to need to make a different type of connect, a uh, different type of like, yeah, modifier for the B. Because right now, if you don't uh, own a Profoto B10 and you don't, basically you need a rectangular flash. And then it's a smart mount. It's cool. To mount the Octobank on the mount, it's just magnets again. And then there's two places to place two at the same time rectangular flashes. So you can get, you know, twice the power in one, one rig. It's a really, that that to me was also like a really nice, innovative system. Although I, I know that, you know, plenty of studio photographers do that already. Um, but it's really nice to have it totally set up for you where it's, there's, it's all magnetized. It's all ready to go. You can just like click in two strobes and, you know, go half half the power you would, I guess, on, on each one of them. And still get really, really pretty big light. Yep. Um... But we didn't get a chance to actually use that test because, again, my A1s, there was no way to get the circular yeah. shape of those heads into the rectangular cutout of the mount. So, uh, But for your Nikon flashes or whatever, 
I think you'd be fine. Yeah. Even with the Canon EOS R, as long as you had a, a trigger yep. firing in the hot shoe, it should still trigger your Nikon flashes. You yep. probably won't get TTL or high-speed sync without Canon-branded flashes, but right. it should still work. Yeah. And uh, what else? Okay, so that was that was the good side of the review so far. Um, then we switched to trying to use their oh the, the mag bounce or mag bounce like there's yeah. a there's like one that's kind of like a bubble about uh, ba- like flash modifier it's literally like the sh- the size of your fist if you make a fist and it could cover your fist it's that size yeah. of a bubble that just sits uh, on top of your flash elastic mounted or no it's not a la- it's a it's magnet. magnetic mounted um, it's like a silicone of some kind it's really um, really nice you know it feels good to like kind of you know, put on and uh, and pop on, but you know, for the, for for my purposes, I, I basically would never use that. It, it didn't look super great. I think maybe if you need to throw a light somewhere behind people, mm-hmm. get almost like a bare bulb look. Yeah, maybe like off camera flash, it's going to be much more useful. But then they had the mag bounce, which was like a cutout. Imagine like I don't know how to even describe it. Uh, it's like that Sydney Opera House. Yes. It's like the Sydney Opera House. <laughs> it's just like a big sail. It's like a that sail, you put yeah. on your exactly right. You put on top of your flash that will it'll it'll let your flash fire upwards basically and and forward. And and it'll also because it flashes uh, the whole the whole thing is also sort of I guess it's sort of semi-opaque but it's like it basically also will 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 generate some light. Um, yeah, it's 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 trying to throw light for like it basically is just like a bounce card of all all yeah. rubber or all whatever like a super high quality like yeah. bounce card or something and it it looked fine but still I mean it just took me right back to like the Gary Fong days with that bounce thing he made and everybody bought like the it's just not a big enough light source it's just too direct too. Um, too gross looking yeah it was giving some very strange um like forward firing light I, I guess at the end of the day it's better than just the bare flash by itself yeah marginally and it, we also didn't throw it off camera right i mean we did for a bit but we were just holding it with our hands we didn't do a proper we didn't try that hard because it was just kind of gross I d- uh, and after being exposed to the yeah. uh, 24 inch octobank we were just like Ugh. I can imagine <laughs> so I can imagine so I, I wouldn't really I wouldn't use that that modifier almost on any shoot however I will give you two examples one is just the example of like there's a number of photographers I know in town who shoot a lot of like more like fashion-y type events where the look is you want just like a bright flash right on everybody it's like lots of group photos yeah, almost like a ring light exactly like you really want to lean into the and that will flash. that will work out fine for those those types of situations and i do remember specifically remember a shoot that you and i were doing um many years ago at the uh, andrew mellon um oh the giant, uh, giant, giant place, place. Yeah. where i was like it was an indian wedding um, the there was the light was bad. It was, the light was really bad. There was nothing on the dance floor other than um, a, a couple of little color lights, colored lights, like spot, hot lights. Spot and, lights yeah. Yep. And I remember being like, I can't bounce in here. Even at full power, y- you weren't getting anything off the ceiling because the ceilings are like a hundred feet tall. 
Um, so or or bigger. I don't even know how yeah. big it is in there. It's huge, and so um, that wasn't working. Side bouncing wasn't even working because the place is just so huge. Um, so the only option was direct flash, and that didn't look great. So I pulled up the card, mm-hmm. um, and that boom, that was it. That was what what worked because when once you got it kind of dialed in with the exposure of the colored lights. Um, you know, you ended up with something that looked fine. Absolutely. And so in that situation, this, this modifier could also help really well. Yeah. Additional problem, though, was, you know, it's meant to be a, a bounce flash thing. I, I don't know. I, I guess their intention for it is probably mostly off-camera, again, which we don't do often. Right. But sitting on camera with your flash bouncing, it's so much added weight. Yeah. It's, all, size. it's really... And it's, it's surprisingly heavy, unfortunately, because it's it was already like right at the edge of too much with you know the the heavier new Canon mirrorless lenses yep. and the mirrorless bodies. And I usually shoot whenever I have a flash on my camera, I shoot with the grip to create a lower center of gravity, so it's not as much stress on, stress on my wrist. And so the additional batteries plus the giant Canon lens plus the Profoto A1 plus the big plastic hunk on top. It's just too much. It's definitely and a lot. Unfortunately, a design flaw in the A1s, nothing to do with Magmog, yep. but uh, the, the hinge or the, whatever mechanism is controlling the degree of rotation is too weak. Like it just, if anything is top-heavy, the flash just kind of yeah. <laughs> falls to 90 degrees instead of staying upright or anywhere in between. That's always been an issue, even when there's nothing on it. Hmm. If you were trying to shoot with your camera up, like angled down toward the dance floor or something like that, it's just... It's just going to continuously be tipping over and falling and being weird. So, not the best marrying between Profoto and Magmond, unless you're doing maybe off-camera flash and you have more control and it's just sitting on a stand. Right. That that is a, right. a point I can see. Um, we might be getting rained on soon. Yeah. Dark Sky says light rain starting in two minutes, stopping. 15 we just had a later. massive storm come storm come through for about ten minutes an hour ago. And, uh, yep, here come the gray skies. Let's see how long we can hold yep. Hold her around. We'll hold out. We are completely exposed to the elements. Nothing um, separates us from the space. pure power of nature. Um, ooh, it's getting kind of cool, though. I like it, actually. Cold front's moving right in. Yeah. Mm. So that was fun to play with and just, like, review things. Uh, I'll probably bring a few things to a wedding at some point. I really want to do, like, an actual... I want to just, like, hire a model or a musician or somebody that needs photos for free and just do some shots with my, my B10 and this whole rig. Should find um, should find some Baltimore artists of some kind. Yeah. Bring them in. That'd be cool. But I've always been a sucker. Like, my, my personal favorite and preference is still to this day uh, like the 80-inch parabolic light modifier from it's so big. Paul C. Buff. It's humongous, but just so beautiful. Yeah, it it's, really it's does so the job. It's unwieldy, though. It's crazy. Um, do you think that the Magmon... This this 24-incher is going to replace that for you? No, but I'm hoping it'll be sort of like my Swiss Army knife of light. Yeah. And then bring out the PLM for a couple of shots yeah. just to, like, use it. However, I'm also excited. I, I don't know the order of... I haven't followed the company very closely. don't know the order of what the, when their products have been coming out, but I feel like I haven't really come across the 24-inch Octobank before. I think it's a newer product that they put out and mm-hmm. maybe, you know, a signal that they'll be heading into more modifiers, soft boxes, strip boxes, it, that whole deal. It would be nice to get a bigger light. Yeah, I uh, want to see big, like bigger modifier. Like 48 inch, yeah. inch, something like twice the size. Yeah. And if it could collapse down to about the same case size, 
or maybe a touch I mean, bigger. That, that would be, definitely be a winner. That'd be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, because um, it it is it's a pretty it's a pretty isolated light. I would like to do some more test shots with it, maybe a little bit further back. Yeah, um, we were kind of cramped. We were planning to go outside, but then it started pouring rain. Yeah, I um, was planning to. So we can we can try that. But overall, I really liked it. Uh, yeah, my, my I mean, it's so I'm, easy. I'm, it seems so like easy to to. Yeah, we didn't really around. have to break out the book or the manual for any aspect of it. Mm-hmm. The thing I'm most excited about is definitely that weird silver plastic diffuser. Yeah. And I will be interested to see if over time they create... The, it, because it is like a really thick plastic... What would you describe it? Like what other than a photography tool best describes what that is? What is that material? It's uh, like... It's, it's, oh, here's what it is. A toy like with a kid's doll in it. It's like oh, that, that, yeah, covering that, that covering material, material that lets you see through. Yes. Except like, except a little bit more like beefy. opaque, yeah. And and yeah, yeah, and it's not bit. nearly as clear. But it's but, it's but that's exactly beefy. what it is. Yeah. That stuff that you struggled with when you're just trying to get the Star Destroyer out of the yeah. packaging. So I'm curious if, if over time and use it gets a lot of dents or marks or any issues that make it kind of needing to be replaced often or what. I'm sure it'll be fine, even with a giant crease through it. I doubt it would affect the light too much, but... Yeah. Here comes the rain. Yeah, now, uh, eagle-eared viewers may be noticing that it's raining uh, lightly, and uh, that's cool. So, let's see, what else is going on? Okay, it is definitely raining. Yeah, it's going to start dumping on us. All right, right, let's get inside. the recording going. Recording is going. We can go to the um, atrium. No, that might be a little loud. How about just right in here? Yeah, it's I can just sit in here. That's cool. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'll just sit on this thing. Oh, freaking AC. Oh, it, it cooled so off like so fast. I know, there, yeah. And is it still right up in the corner? And we're back. Back inside Ooh. my office. Although it looked like the rain stopped. It was getting a little dicey there, so we just decided to... Yeah, I think it's going to keep raining, though. Agreed. It's that time of the year. In fact, I just got back from a lot of travels, and I just looked it up. We haven't actually <laughs> done a podcast together since February. That's so, um, that's upsetting. I was just thinking about these summer storms and how it's so easy to forget until you're in the thick of travel. Summertime is, is more prevalent for delays because of the isolated thunderstorms yep. that can roll through out of nowhere. And uh, people never think about that. They always think of like winter being a, an issue. And I almost always have more more trouble traveling in summer than winter. But you and I ended up going to uh, maybe we should save this for an entirely different episode. But we went yep. to, v- to Vietnam. We went to Vietnam. Uh, yeah, I guess long story short, it was great um, until we, we got back. Until we got back, about a week after we got back, we got sick with what I believe was typhoid fever. Possible. Um, and. Um, that put me out for a few days, but it was other rough. Than that, it was rough shooting a couple weddings like that. Yeah, <laughs> never fun. I, I was telling Nathan, what was it? Uh, from now on, whenever people ask, "How did you know you made it as a professional?" Oh yeah, what was it? Um, when you when you get off a plane, when you shoot a wedding, get off a plane, drive to another wedding, drive to another wedding, realize you have a fever, and shoot the entire wedding anyway, something like that. <laughs> like three weddings in one week in one weekend with uh sorry three weddings four days one fever nice oh that's good it sounds like a 
the perfect title for this podcast, but uh, I want to... Anyway. Four okay. days. That was awesome. Three weddings one and fever. one fever. The Sam Hurd story. <laughs> yeah, uh, it can be tough. Uh, I, I've never had to call... I was never so sick that I was... I was at the hospital, like calling in somebody to cover for me. I feel bad because I'm sure it has happened where me being sick have gotten wedding guests sick. Perhaps I'm very yeah. conscious of like not making physical contact and staying away. But I'm also 100% sure I've gotten sick many, many, many times <laughs> from wedding guests. So that's just life, I guess. Uh, yeah, we got sick from maybe the food or the water. It's so easy. It's almost always the case that the on the tail end, like the last few days of travel, I get a little more confident that I've avoided sickness up till then. Yeah. A little less picky about the ice, if it's treated or if it's in my glass, which, you know, in certain countries you don't even want the ice because right. it's, it's untreated and that'll get you sick. Like you just can't drink any water unless it's from a bottle. Yep. And then filter. the other thing is... Um is fruits or vegetables that have been washed in water. Right. Um, you become might, might be strangely might aware of, of all the places water exists in your life that you never think about. Yeah. Brushing your teeth, like you have to do it from a bottle, yep. which is such a luxury when you come home finally to your own bathroom and, and just run the water. It's like I took an extra 30 seconds brushing my teeth the other day. And you just, and you just thought... I just live in such an amazing place (laughs) and time where, similar to the Pompeians of yore, um, where water floweth from the mountains and into my faucet. Fresh water. Although I did see a report about maybe lead being in Baltimore's water. Uh, I think it was a bit of a... A, cl- a clickbaity headline. I heard that Baltimore's water is actually really Some good. Some of the best. Yeah, that's what I heard as well. So we don't need to get too much on the water tangent. But it is raining again. It is nice to be home and back from all of this travel, even though we have these crazy summer thunderstorms. Overall, it is much brighter and bluer than it was all of last year. So yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty nice. Uh, we have a lot of other things to, to talk about. I'm trying to think if anything is loosely related to equipment. Oh, I did just get... My confirmation, not two hours ago, nice. with you that my 85 1.2 RF is arriving tomorrow. It shipped and is coming tomorrow from Amazon. Uh, that is awesome. Side note, when you, if you didn't know this, I guess I kind of knew it. I just never was upset about it until I realized the other day. I also pre-ordered for B&H, exact same lens at the exact same time, like two months ago. And they charged my credit card, and I paid off my credit card. They have that money for any pre-order you make through B&H. For, for as long as it takes the thing to ship. And that seems a little weird to me. It's uh, definitely weird. Amazon charges I'm, when it's ready to ship. You get the notification that you've been charged. It's coming the next day or two. Done. That's the way I feel like it should work with B&H as well. I, Not some like account that they're then able to take your money and invest in potentially and earn interest while you're just sitting on your hands for two months. Yeah. Like you could have used that money for other things. You could have had it in your savings account. Sure. Two, three thousand dollars and that much that you can earn interest on. But when B and H takes that money, and uh, you know from a thousand pre-orders, like yeah. that's serious money they're just sitting on waiting. It's kind of upsetting. Definitely weird to think about it like that. Um, but along along the same lines, I also just got my fifty one two RF in the mail. Today, I believe. Not in your hands yet? Not in my hands. At your house. I've been using the 512L, and I'm just so excited 
to uh, to get started with the with the RF fifty. Um, ditch that that fifty L. Um, I'll be curious to hear your opinions since I did shoot a bit with the L, but I got my RF within a week, so mm-hmm. I didn't have like a meaningful you know, half season with the L to, to really get a sense of its quirks. It's definitely a great lens. The problem with it on the, um, on the EOS R, I don't know if it's something that's also an issue with their SLR lens, uh, SLR cameras, but it is so stinking soft at 1.2. It's really... And it's not a, it's not an issue of missing focus. It's just nope. even at perfect focus, it's, it's just soft glass. It's very soft. And it also has a um, huge amount of fringing. You know, More I, fringing than, than honestly I'm okay with. So yeah. I've I baked into my new my latest preset like way more defringing than normal. It's been enlightening to me now switching from Nikon why I used to get so many questions about... Uh, yeah. lens profile correction yep. being applied by default with Nikon it just wasn't they they were they're definitely ahead they yeah. they were definitely ahead in their lens yep. designs overall yep. some some areas you would occasionally get fringing but any of the nano coating G series lenses which have been around for like 10 years now uh, like you just really didn't have to worry about it except for extreme circumstances. And I can see now why the majority of wedding photographers being Canon shooters, mm-hmm. I was getting that question often and people were perplexed and surprised. They're like, yeah. no, I don't keep profiles on by default. I almost never do it at all. Yeah. And now I see why. Canon lenses, you had to. And I have a feeling maybe Canon lens design was sort of optimized for 15 megapixels. Like that was maybe, maybe their, their, That's actually their runway. That's interesting point. Yeah, so 15, maybe, maybe they envisioned 20 megapixel digital cameras. But they've been doing 20-ish megapixel cameras for a long time now. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, you know, when you're design, I don't know how long a lens design takes and manufacturing it and all that, but I would assume it's easier and faster for them to just pump out a higher resolution new camera and just deal with the fact that the lenses aren't quite keeping up. You can correct for it and like you just, it's a patchwork of band-aids. Uh, but so now it, it seems like they're leapfrogging the other way where the lenses are going to be ahead of the camera sensors. So maybe they learned their lesson or, or what is, do you remember if the Z seven is its own new sensor? You have no, no memory. I can't remember. <laughs> kind of, the, everything Nikon is, is quickly fading from my realm yeah. of expertise. So I was originally under the impression that the EOS R had its own sensor, but it's not, it's I believe- just the. It's just the uh, oh, Mark, Mark IV. IV. Right. But I think all Canon sensors are Canon developed. And mm. I think most Nikon sensors are in collaboration Sony. with Sony and Nikon. I yeah. don't know what that means <laughs> uh, as far as where the Z7 lands. And there's a rumor I just read seemed pretty, seemed to have some, some weight behind it that there's a sort of the RF, the Canon RF, that really cheap mirrorless camera, uh, an equivalent version for Nikon is coming out. That is also what I heard, so yeah. Nikon will have a Z6, a Z7 and something around the $1,000 mark to compete with the RF. I Very wonder, do, do you know anything about how the RF is doing? Like, I know some people wise? picked it up. and I, mean, I have no clue. No, Honestly, I can't say. I, I know is it, just, it, it anecdotally, seems... I've seen a lot of photographers mention they picked one up as a second body to their mm-hmm. R. But It's an interesting camera to throw out there because, I mean... I guess it's just for people who really want that, like a full frame mirrorless camera. I think it is the cheapest brand new full frame thing you can buy. Yeah. So it never hurts to be in that segment of the market. I just never thought like, and I know that I am the litmus test for 
every one of Canon's decisions, but I never would have thought that they would have done something like that. I thought they would just like go with the EOS R and then come out with the Pro. And then yeah, the EOS R is freaking awesome, and it keeps getting cheaper. It's like eighteen hundred dollars now. Yeah, or they had a special Father's Day sale or something. Yep, so cheap. Um, I'm yeah, I'm really impressed with it, and I I'm just so happy to be shooting with it full time now. And going back, going back to a non-EVF is just crazy. Oh, I haven't yet. I have. I haven't. I literally have. since I sold off everything. So before I got my 85, you know, I was basically shooting one Canon camera, the EOS R, and the Nikon D5 for like th- about three weeks of mm. shoots. I probably did like 10 shoots with this combination. It was hilarious i'm sure for people being like who is this like guy totally not professional he's got like a canon and a nikon who is this guy (laughs) it was totally wacky and i do not recommend it it was (laughs) it was uh it was just so funny to like pull up the d5 and i mean knowing what i'm doing it's fine but looking through the viewfinder just seeing just nothing just seeing like that, just yeah. seeing the the like ambient light is hilarious hmm. um and uh yeah, it's really weird it's one thing i do wish the usr had a quick button you could yeah. assign to turn exposure simulation on and off it would be because really, i do really miss nice. the optical viewfinder if i'm underexposing mm-hmm. to retain highlights or something on the files it sucks to have to see that in the EVF and then lose sense of your composition or where the people are because they're just in dark shadow. Right. And as long as you've got metering on, you should be fine. Yeah, if you can like just turn off exposure simulation real quick, meter it, yeah, you should be fine. So I'm excited. Uh I will say let's 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 jump did you watch the Apple keynote? No I didn't. WWDC. I have the beta, and we should have played with this before we uh podcasted, but I'll show it to you uh when we're done. The beta for iPad. Uh, the okay. new iPad OS, and they've switched. They've created iPad to have its own OS now. It is no longer called iOS for iPad. It's iPad OS. It's its own thing. They've created much more of like a desktop computer experience for your home screen, and finally enabled external drives to be able to be connected and manipulated in a file system in the Files app, uh, awesome. which also means, and they called out Lightroom specifically on stage, yep. that you'll be able to, for example, import images directly into apps like Lightroom, uh, which is that exciting. That is so cool. Yeah, that's a big jump. Because big up till step. now, you've been able that's to import images, but they have to go to your freaking iPhoto camera roll. And then the problem with that is, yes, they can be raw files, and it's fine, because you can just open up Lightroom and import from there. But iCloud tries to then start syncing all this stuff, and you've got like 100 gigabytes from a shoot that's trying to be synced over a Wi-Fi. Like, it's just kind of a cluster. Mm-hmm. And then once you get it into Lightroom, Lightroom's trying to sync to their cloud system. Like, you want one... You, you want one reservoir for system. all your stuff. Yeah. Bam. So I am excited to... This is the first time the iPad is starting to feel like a serious potential thing to edit from. Big problem, though, is I don't know how we would ever solve the issue of keyboard shortcuts being mapped to certain features. I, I just don't think that's ever going to be a thing for the iPad. And if it's not, I don't say all the iPads ever going to be as fast as editing from a laptop or a desktop. Right. In terms of like better touch tool and stuff. Better touch tool or any, any real shortcut. I mean, they do have keyboard shortcuts, but from what I've seen, it's, it's not great. However, another new thing in iPad OS is a pointer. You can enable a mouse pointer in accessibility. Cool. I'm wondering how that 
affects the interface in Lightroom now. If you float the pointer over a slider, does it enable that slider that you can use up and down arrow keys on the keyboard? That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah. So we'll see. Do you do you think that this is a step towards something like MacBooks getting a touch interface? Yeah, I think I think for sure the Apple version of like the um, Slate or whatever. What is Microsoft called? Microsoft Service. I think that's a real thing coming down the, the line just, someday. I really, really want a, a touch interface for, yes. for MacBook Pros. The, the problem is they need to build... The, the Mac OS is just not... It's fundamentally not built for touch. So they're trying to, I think, slowly kind of meet in the middle right. between iPad and Mac. But. Versus Microsoft, who is just like, forget it. Windows 10, we are going to build from the ground up to be used on any interface. Right. And for a while... It didn't work. It was because the, um, you know, the first, for instance, the first Windows phones were just like atrocious. The right. first Surface was panned, and uh, <laughs> there was plenty of bugs with the first rollout of Windows 10. But now, I mean, looking on it, looking back on it, maybe it was like you know they got a lot of hate. But looking at it now, it's so cool to to be able to like pick up any Windows machine and be able to touch on it. Yeah, um, and it's, it's cool. You know, essentially convert it from yeah. a desktop that you know to a tablet that you know. Yeah, it's not perfect, but it's it's also like ahead of Mac, mm -hmm. uh, ahead of Apple in that regard. So, but uh, yeah, I've got the beta running. It seems pretty stable. The other thing I really love is dark mode. It looks amazing. Yeah, about time. Thank you. And I don't know. There was so much during this last keynote. It's it's ridiculous. There's uh, multi-user sign-on for the uh, the Apple TV now, so you can have a, a Nathan user for your preferences on the TV and an Abby user for your wife's preferences That's on the awesome. TV, which makes a lot of sense. They need that for an iPad. How about multi-user support for an iPad? Hey, there you go. Yeah, there's a thought. I know. I mean, they want it to be like a I didn't school. Even think device. about that. Yeah, they want it to be popular for school and education. Why they never launched like student use user sign-on it makes no sense but um anyway i'm trying to think if there's anything else related to photography in the keynote i think they were saving most camera stuff probably to announce apparently the the new iphone is confirmed to have three camera lenses now coming out this fall and what USB really? usbc ah uh, usbc charging everything just a usbc port instead of lightning yep that's that's awesome. That's three what camera it should have been. Three camera lenses and USB-C. Like, it's going to be a powerhouse camera. Yeah. A power horse camera. That's powerhouse camera. Power horse. It's going to be a powerhouse. It's going to be a power horse. Be a camera powerhouse. It'll be a camera power horse, but yeah. Power horse. Power horse. Powerhouse is the phrase, right? Yeah. No, no, yeah, but, but power horse. Okay, cool. Okay, I like that more. Cool. All right, well, that's probably a good place to wrap this up. Yeah. We'll touch base about Vietnam and all our travel photography later. But We'll, we'll hit you on, a on the next episode. Sun is Tune back in out. For the next episode of... In yeah, three months. Yeah, probably less than that. Well, see you later. <laughs>